Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. Join us also at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. You can keep tabs on all of the new watches for me that I am uh, partaking in during uh, during this uh, moment of self social distancing and uh you can do that at social patreon.com backslash sonic cinema so i'm here today with a filmmaker that i've uh known for a few years just online and uh through a few of his films and uh it's good to uh talk to him we're gonna talk a little bit about his films and also just talk about just film in general and just sort of like what we may be doing to uh sort of pass the time Right now, as we are all social distancing, uh, please welcome to the podcast, Nathan Schurer. Thank you very much for Hi. joining me. Hey, Brian. I'm happy to be here. Uh, what what exactly is it that, uh, what inspired you to get into filmmaking? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I grew up in, uh, my childhood was always involved with going to the movies and, you know, as a lot of people are in my age, but for some reason, uh, I really, really, uh, at a young age, dreamed of making movies, probably going back to the early 80s, seeing, like a lot of people, like early Steven Spielberg movies and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't too long after that, that my parents um, purchased a camcorder, one of those old VHS camcorders back then. And I was shooting home movies um, as far back as the mid eighties. And I just was behind the camera. And, and, I, and I think at the time I wasn't even like thinking uh, as a filmmaker, but just like, I just got familiar with, you know, how to hold a camera. And then I started thinking about shot composition and sound quality. And I wasn't editing anything like this, but I really kind of probably laid the foundation uh, in a lot of ways. And it wasn't until I think I kind of took it seriously as a possible career until I got into college, really, because um, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I wanted to do something in media, but I really didn't know what it was going to be. And uh, I took a bunch of uh, film courses and understanding film classes and film theory courses. And uh, I went to Boston University and they had some great guest speakers that came in and met some uh, some of the filmmakers who gave talks. And I was really inspired uh, at that time of my life. And it kind of just went from there, I guess. Okay. Uh, who are who are some of the filmmakers that inspired you? You mentioned uh, Spielberg in the... Oh, movies, yeah. But... Uh, I think... I, who else? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in my age, yeah, he, he was definitely the big name that everybody wanted to, like, make Indiana Jones or Star Wars or things like that. So I grew up with popcorn movies. But I guess... Uh, it wasn't until I was in college where I I got into actually a filmmaker that really inspired me was Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, it was around college where I saw El Mariachi and Desperado, and like I want to do that, I want to do that, and I actually did do that. It was a few years later I I made uh, my first short film, which was a blatant ripoff of the movie Desperado, but set in an <laughs> urban environment. Um, I think I even plagiarized some of the dialogue. I was so desperate to make a movie. Um, but I I got into that scene following him and like Quentin Tarantino and mm-hmm. uh, David Fincher in the 90s. So I get, you know, all the, the cliche filmmakers that were like <laughs> hot, you know, they were fresh out of Sundance and, yeah. you know, they were making it big in Hollywood. I was, I totally got swept up in, in all those uh, filmmakers, Steven Soderbergh and, um, Kevin Smith and all that. And, you know, it probably was, it was, it was, it was, um, you know, low hanging fruit when I was trying to look for inspiration at the time, but it was, it definitely, uh, laid the foundation. And, um, you know, since then I, I think, uh, I found a lot more, uh, filmmakers have influenced me. And, um, so it's a good thing I've, I guess I have developed in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where, where can, uh, before we get into it for a little bit, uh, what, where can people, uh, find your, uh, work online? Sure. Yeah. I actually have a website which has most of my content on it. That is called imfilmworks.com. That's the letter I, the letter M filmworks.com. And from that website, there are links to, uh, pretty much all of my short films, 
that I have produced uh, over the years. And uh, yeah, it's a good hub for everything. I also have I have a Facebook page for I Am Filmworks, and and uh, you can find me there as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the best place of finding my work. Okay, yeah, it's and I haven't seen too many of your films. I've seen a couple of your shorts that you've uh, sent me uh, right there next door, and then one that I personally was not a huge fan of when I watched it. Oh, I know. It has one of the best <laughs> names I've ever, titles I've ever heard, Scary Little Fuckers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember your review what, was not glowing, but that's okay. I, I love anybody who pays any attention at all. Yeah. I got a funny story. I'll tell you about that in a moment, but go ahead. And um, I I really like that there there's such a wide variety of a genre that you cover in all of those, I mean, right there is kind of a silent film, more of a comedy drama. Scary Little Fuckers, obviously, is a horror movie, uh, sort of inspired by Gremlins. And then you've got Thriller next door. And uh, how? So you're, so you're saying, Brian, I have no style. I just. No, I, I would say you have. I, I would say I was about to say you have versatility. Um, okay, yeah, which, that, that's is, the other side of the good. end of the spectrum. Which, which is good to have. Uh, I, I think that's always kind of a good thing to have. I mean, yes, it's nice to have yourself in particular niche, but also branching yourselves out and, yourself well, out and doing I, different yeah. things. Well, I, think that's, I think that's good and bad in some ways. I mean, A, um, it might signify that I haven't necessarily found my, my niche yet or what my voice is yet. And I think I'm still trying to figure out what kind of filmmaker I am. Mm. Um, as I go, everything is, I mean, every film is very different in a lot of ways. And I know a lot of filmmakers that make one kind of movie and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you are, I think if you're trying to make a name for yourself and make a dent in this industry, becoming really good at one thing Mm -hmm. is probably the best way to go. Um, making, creating a brand around your style of filmmaking. Um, Definitely something that I have not done yet is I think it's because I, I don't think, there is just one thing that I can say is my favorite or that I'm fully passionate about. I'm still exploring every corner of genre and I can think of because I, there's so much I love about all of it, but I can't say that my favorite style of film is this or that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have a favorite. I just know what I like and what I think is good. So that may hurt me if I, if I really want, on to build a, a brand and that's yeah. kind of the, the formula as a as an entrepreneur is to create a brand that, that that people will want to purchase and want to share and, and follow you and and that's not a for, my formula and mm-hmm. i i guess this is how it's going to be <laughs> yeah but at the same time i mean you you mentioned Soderbergh earlier is somebody who yeah. was a bit of an influence i mean he is very much all over the map as far oh, totally, as yes. is the genres that he approaches and the styles he approaches. So, I mean, th- and you're, you're right. There's certainly nothing wrong with staying within a particular niche and particular type of story that you're telling and just sort of refi- starting to refine that. But I think that's one of the interesting things about Soderbergh that I know when I started really paying attention to tension to his work really grabbed me about him is because of the fact that he would approach all of these different genres and take different take risks within those genres and push himself into different directions and that's one of the things i really like about it and i mean there, yeah i mean there's i i love the fact that it's like there are some filmmaker that there are filmmakers who you know and it's nice it's it's been nice for me to be able to see filmmakers who have grown in particular when they're trying to expand, when they're trying to do different things and looking at different things as far as what they're wanting to do. It's like, that's always kind of the nice, Mm -hmm. nice thing to uh, see, see that form of filmmaker sort of the way a filmmaker blossoms that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when, when you did, I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't think I've seen it since I've reviewed it, but, um, right there, I remember really, really appreciating right there. And I, I love that it was, it was very much a 
silent film is such a hard thing to do nowadays. I I think it's it's almost very difficult to do nowadays because you know, you look at something like the artist, it's very much playing into the old Hollywood tropes of mm-hmm. silent filmmaking and stuff like that and then you look and it's playing into the ideas of Keaton you know, the type of movie of Keaton or Chaplin made. And uh, then, but, you know, it's like whenever I see somebody who does something, how different, how difficult is it to do something where dialogue is not the primary focus? Um, well, actually, that's interesting. I actually, doing right there was the easiest, in a lot of ways, easiest movie for to for me that I've done so far. I don't mean like it was a breeze, but um, be, I think if I could just make silent films, it would be something I could do a lot simpler because I don't think writing is my best thing. And when I think about a movie, I'm only, th- I think about the visuals and I think about the, the emotions and it's and the dialogue is the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, to be able to tell a story without words and a bit, a lot of it has to do with great casting as well, getting the right people that can emote. Um, it's powerful. I mean, it, it, it is, it's, uh, making right there. Uh, it was something that was actually the last thing I can say. I probably wrote on my own. It was, um, it was really just a surreal experience. It was, uh, I'm trying to think, I feel I'm getting off topic from your question here. I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> I, I guess basically how, as far as like storytelling without words and like how just solely having to rely on the image to really convey the emotions, convey the narrative that you're trying to get through and sort of what was, what was that experience like? I mean, all film has, every, every film has that in some ways or another. There are some, some cases where the action and the visuals drive the emote drive the uh film more than dialogue but at the same time you also most of the time you have dialogue and just even just little bits of dialogue that can help fill in that narrative and without that being without relying on that like sort of what what what's it like to sort of be not have that sort of commit to not having that to mm-hmm. rely on. Well, I, th- it, it actually, it's interesting. Um, I even compared it to a lot of the films that I've done, some that you've liked and some you haven't, but you know, I think if a movie can't be told and understood with the dialogue turned off to begin with, I think that you're losing something like that. Something is not quite right about your story because, um, to be able to have a story uh, with no words, um, I'm trying to. I, I'm having a really hard time articulating this. Yes, right now. <laughs> um, I mean, here's the thing: like when I when right there was being made, some people listening haven't seen it yet. But you know, one of the things I debated when I was making it is: do I do the classic, you know, old Hollywood thing where I put in like title cards and mm-hmm. like, you know, the and and I, and I thought about that and I didn't want to do that because I still wanted to feel modern. That was the whole thing. It's it's an homage to the silent error but it's a very modern movie in a lot of ways and it's a love story which mm. which timeless as well you know so people ask you oh you you made a silent film and i don't even really call it a silent film i said well it's it's my bittersweet love story movie and and uh, my story of unrequited love which i'm trying to make a trilogy of actually um that and next door is the other one so there's one more to be made some point <laughs> but um but uh i didn't want to to basically turn it into like uh, what am I trying to say? Like like just a a direct reference to twenty cinema, and I thought, mm-hmm. and I just thought to myself that the story, as long as the story and the acting is powerful enough, you know, it was never going to be a challenge to tell the story I wanted to do without dialogue. It was never a consideration to make the movie with dialogue. Um, it just really felt natural the whole the whole process um and the, honestly the script is a is is like four paragraphs long i mean that's all that's all it really is and you know 
finding the the right cast was huge. And I knew that the actors I had in mind for this early on, and they got it. And and uh, it just it just worked out. Um, but all the movies that I've done, you know, I can watch. And I always actually well, I always watch a movie with the dialogue turned off or or with volume off completely just to see you know what is it what is being conveyed just by the images that you're seeing and i think that's something that filmmakers should do if they don't do it already before they say a movie is done watch your film with everything turned off and and see like does it actually maybe even show it to somebody who's never seen your movie before what did you get out of this movie you know just by watching it and not hearing it and you actually will get some some great feedback uh, that way and then show them the movie with the sound on later but yeah. <laughs> but uh, i think it's a some it's a really good practice i've done that a few times where i've shown a movie with without the words like just tell me what you think of this you know did, did you follow along and honestly they get 95 percent of everything that's going on they do mm-hmm. and if that if, if they are getting that then you've done something right then you are telling the story as you should be through the visual medium okay yeah, that's 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 actually an interesting way of uh, doing it, and yeah, I, I can definitely see how that's uh, that's that's beneficial not only to see it but also to have other people see it in that manner because of the yeah. fact that yeah, you do see you you do uh, you would get a better idea of uh, how the film works visually as far as telling the story uh, in 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 terms of cinema. And uh, yeah, that's that's definitely that's that's definitely a uh, great way of looking at. Uh, what are mm-hmm. some of because the the last movie I saw of yours was Scary Little Fuckers. What was you you've done a couple of other films since then though, haven't you? Um, I haven't done a short since then, but after after Scary Little Fuckers. Well, around the same time I did Next Door. I don't know which actually you saw first, but I actually did Next Door. Technically, I did it after, but I think they came out at the same time. But since then, I've been focusing on getting my first feature launched. And I've been working on that for a long time. And I thought I was done about two years ago. But then I decided that, well, no, we need to fix a bunch of things on it. And uh, it's basically done. I, I, it's got a couple minor glitches in the color and and I'm working with my colorist right now with what's going on right now in the world with coronavirus. It's kind of, you'd think that people would have more time to work on things <laughs> at the same time. Things all kind of get out of whack. Yeah. So I imagine within the next couple of weeks, it will be completely done. I've been saying that for two years, but I really honestly believe that. Higher Methods is the name of the feature mm-hmm. film that I have been um, working on what seems like now for five years Uh the summer of 19, I'm sorry, the summer of 2015 is when the first work started getting done on it. And I was originally going to film it in the summer of 2016, but then I had to put it off and we filmed it in the, in January, in March of 2017, uh, 20 days worth of shooting. Um, the movie had a test screening. I'm calling it a test screening officially. Um, <laughs> September of 2018, but since then, that's when I went back to to uh, redo a lot of things on it. And I, I'm really proud of how it looks. It is, uh, it looks amazing. I am so looking forward to having it done and getting it out there. Um, right, right now, we're going through the film festival route, although who knows what festivals <laughs> are going to happen yeah. this year. <laughs> um, but you know, but they already have my money, so we'll see. <laughs> And, um, so that's, that's in the wings. Um, then about a year and a half ago, I did a second feature, which has not come out yet, but that is also completely done and is, um, in the film festival circuit when, and if that picks up again, and that's called the assassination of Western civilization. That was, um, well, higher methods was a psychological, drama thriller and assassination of Western civilization is my political, um, uh, intrigue uh, thriller movie. It was uh, it's a oneer, which in the industry we is basically a single take feature film. Okay. So All we right. rehearsed we rehearsed it for uh, about two weeks, and then over the course of one weekend, we got into a location and we just uh, 
attempted over and over to film it as a single take. And it wasn't until the very tail end of the weekend where we got our full take in. Oh, wow. So uh, we got it. We did get it done. And it's uh, just recently my um, uh, the composer just finished the score on it. I'm going to mention his name because he's a phenomenal composer. His name is Indy Shom. He's in Philadelphia right now, but he has scored both of my features, which uh, they just sound amazing. So I'm, I'm really proud and, and happy that he's been part of these projects. Okay. And uh, those will, you know, originally I was going to have um, a, a, a double feature screening in uh, on May 17th um, at the Route 1. Well, you're not. Where are you at? <laughs> you're I'm probably in <laughs> you're in Georgia. You're far. Oh, you're in Georgia. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about Georgia. No. Um, uh, but there's going to be a, there's a local theater where, where I was going to have a double feature for both of these films. That's not happening. Yeah. But both of these are done. And I'm hoping by this summer, um, I am going to reschedule that and uh, we'll have our we'll have our theatrical screening that that everybody wants. We, we're hoping to do it. Okay. So that's that's what's going on with that. So those, so you asked me what I've been doing since those shorts. That that's a big chunk of my time. Those two things. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'll mention one other project that actually just uh, wrapped up. Um, so a good friend of mine, and uh, he is also the writer of Scared Little Fuckers and Higher Methods and the assassination, uh, the assassination of Western Civilization. <laughs> His name is Lenny Schwartz. He is an amazing uh, screenwriter, playwright, and has so much energy. I can't keep up with him. But uh, he had this crazy idea about a month ago mm-hmm. of, you know, he said, hey, Nathan, let's make a feature film. I'm like, Lenny, it's we're in the middle of a lockdown quarantine. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm going to send off to uh, some local actors. A lot of, you know, he works in the theater, so he knows a lot of Rhode Island theater actors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some theater actors to um, do like these monologues of what it's like to be in quarantine during the coronavirus. I'm like, all right. And uh, we could, you think you want to like help me assemble this and produce it and, and help me uh, get on. He didn't even know what to do with it. He just knew, knew he wanted to write these short little script monologues. And what do you think we could do with it, Nathan? And like, so like, sure. I'll help you with this whole thing. And it blew up. It blew up to <laughs> having a, over 120 individual video clips of actors from all over the country. Most of them, a lot of them are in the New England area, but we hit every part of the country and they all submitted videos of them, what it's like, their personal experience during this lockdown. And some are funny, some are really sad, some are horrifying. But there is a through line to all of these. So one leads into the other. And they all kind of reference, oh, my brother said this and my wife left me for this other guy. And then the next video is that person's perspective. Hmm. And it just goes – and it goes on and it's a long movie. (laughs) It was supposed (laughs) to be a short. It was supposed to be a short in the end. We have a two-hour and 27-minute movie. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's epic. yeah we're approaching irishman territory i it's it's epic and um we uh so we have all these actors so a lot of people are you know participated in this and it was last saturday night so, well i said well, how do we get this out who's how are we going to show this and the easy thing would be well we could just throw it up on youtube or i mean it didn't cost us anything so throw up on youtube or vimeo mm-hmm. and just drop it you know and and but I said, you know, let's do something bigger than that. We have all these actors <laughs> that participated in this. And this this would be something that would be such a great to have a community experience. Like if we could show this in a theater, imagine all these actors that were in this movie all coming together. It would be such a fun <laughs> thing. So I thought of, you know, I've never done this before, but I've seen watch parties on Facebook. Yeah. So I had to figure out like, well, how does this work? So in the end, last Saturday night, we had a Facebook watch party release party of um, our movie. And our movie is called Far From Perfect, Life Inside a Global Pandemic. <laughs> and it quickly got – I mean we we had a whole bunch of people in the room commenting on it as it was going. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I, I even got in the action. My daughter, Chloe, who is eight, who also wants to be – a um, some celebrity of some form. <laughs> she got to be in it. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And uh, we had a blast. And everybody that was in the room um, had a blast watching it. And I quickly, you know, had a conversation with Lenny. We got to get this out right away. So it's going to um, premiere on Amazon Prime this weekend. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Sunday. It's actually, I had to quickly do all of the closed captionings for it. And and Amazon can be a bitch to like get it to accept your movie has to be the proper codec. It has to have the proper size um, um, poster and background image, all these requirements. I've done this now a bunch of times, so it wasn't as hard, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm still waiting for the word that has been published. And once it's so we're, we're dropping it this weekend and uh, yeah, it's just been really fun. And it's, I don't think it's a secret anymore. We're going to do another one of these. Okay. <laughs> um, Lenny, who is uh, big in the the loves comic books and follows mm-hmm. the comic world like to the letter, uh, goes to Comic Con every year, and as some people know, it's been canceled. Yep, the San Diego Comic Con. So we are going to do a similar thing. It's going to be more of a comedy, but we're going to do a similar thing of all the people that would have gone to Comic Con but can't, and they're <laughs> stuck at home. What happens to cosplay players when they can't go to Comic-Con? <laughs> they get dressed up in their own home <laughs> and shenanigans ensue. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And I, we've got some, we got some big names included in this. Like Lenny has some good connections in, the, the, that, in, the, in that industry. So we're going to have some surprisingly recognizable names that are going to be involved in this one. Okay. So I'm really excited. And I think we're going to start work on it in a couple weeks. He's, he's writing it right now. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. But there's really not much more to share at the moment. Okay. Um, he's going to send me over a script uh, in the next week or so. And we're going to start getting the project organized. Well, I definitely, uh, I definitely want to check out uh, those, those features at some point. So yeah, I, I, and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I saw the, yeah, I can't remember what I was doing Saturday night that I wasn't able to do the uh, watch party. What could you possibly have been doing? I know. Were you, were you out I, somewhere? I <laughs> Nobody has any excuse. That's how I look at it. <laughs> but, I'm only kidding. <laughs> but, um, no, that, God, that sounds like such a fun idea. And, yeah, it's, I, like, we, we have Dragon Con in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend, and it's like, as far as I know, right now it's still gonna go, but we're we're obviously gonna see what happens uh, closer to uh, September. But at the same time, it's like that's it's gonna be interesting, surreal to think that that would be canceled because, and that's something that's very like it's like Comic Con in terms of how central crowds are to the whole experience, yeah, um, and basically yeah. takes over all downtown Atlanta. But, um, yeah, so other than making films, uh, what, what exactly, what have you been up to in, uh, this time of social distancing and basically staying the hell home? I've learned, I'm learning <laughs> a lot about, uh, third grade math because I have an eight year old. Um, that's been fun. And <laughs> no, like, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been weird. Now what I haven't talked about yet is uh, I, I do these films, but this isn't what I do for a job. This is, mm-hmm. this is my passion, but I work as I, I'm the executive director of the Weston media center where uh, the public access cable access channel for the town of Weston, Massachusetts. And um, you know, we're not at work right now. We're still pumping out content for our cable channel, right? but I have a lot of, have a lot of downtime, so I've been spending it um, being creative and doing a bunch, doing mm-hmm. what I can. Um, so you have this podcast, Brian, and I have been a fan of podcasts for now ten years. I've been mm-hmm. avidly following podcasts. It's been my dream to have my own podcast, and I just never really had the time. Well, I have the time now, so I actually <laughs> got inspired, and about a month ago, I launched my own podcast. It's not on film though, because I feel like I, I my life is already surrounded by films so much mm-hmm. that like I just I need to take a break from that. So I 
I started the music podcast. Okay. Because uh, I love music, and I listen. My and I've always got something going on, uh, some CD going, or and I collect vinyl, and I just love music. And I decided that I'm just gonna share my love of music with whoever the hell wants to listen to me. Go on, ramble on for. 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm having the time of my life doing that. Uh, can I mention the show? Go ahead. So I have my podcast is called The ABCs of Rock, and uh, it's up on uh, – I have it through Spreaker, but it's up on Spotify and iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. And okay. Deezer, Google Podcasts, Podchaser. It's on all the major platforms. It's a lot of fun. I'm basically going through the whole alphabet of rock and roll from A to Z, talking about a band that represents represented by, by every letter and um, sharing some of the songs I like of theirs and talking about it, giving talking about some trivia. And occasionally my daughter uh, is a guest host on it and she's a lot of fun to have on this and uh it's been a blast so that's one thing i'm doing obviously um this uh this other feature that i did with lenny was a big big thing i've also launched a um a youtube show for my daughter chloe have we talked about i've talked about her way too much but she just loves because i'm a filmmaker she's like daddy i want to act and i want to do this she wants to do all these things (laughs) And she actually is a good actor. She's been in two plays already, and she, and she loves it. I'm, I'm in huge trouble. I'm in huge trouble because <laughs> she's a huge ham. But um, she's in, she loves watching these what I call god-awful shows on YouTube called – it's basically like families that just record themselves doing things around the house. Oh, we're going to clean mm-hmm. up the house today. We're going to eat these brownies. Oh, we're going to go out and do stuff. And <laughs> – and, Families that are much more interesting than our family, I'm sure. But she wants to do this, and she started a, a YouTube channel called Fab Family Four. And me and my wife Lori is in it, and Chloe and our, our youngest daughter Scarlett, who just turned three, is. And we're all in it. We all just kind of like have our own shenanigans, and we created a YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> so that's I'm, and of course I'm, I'm editing those shows. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's really crazy, you know, how my life has changed over the last month where I'm going to work every day, filming government meetings and and doing all the stuff at work and running a TV station. And I basically now have my own home studio creating content for mm-hmm. my family or for myself. And, of course, I do edit for things that are going on the air on our channel. But it's 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 really crazy. It's but it's been it's been fun in some ways. I mean I don't like being locked locked in here all the time. Right. But it's just it's really and I was saying this before we began, um I feel like at least I've been able to take advantage of the opportunities to kind of think outside the box and, and yeah. create some things I wouldn't have done before. And you know I, and I go up on social media on Facebook and I and all my friends and they're watching. Hey, I just I watched the entire season of so and so. I they just finished Ozark season three. I'm like, and or or everyone's watching Tiger King. I'm like, I'm not touching this. I mean, I haven't <laughs> watched more than maybe three movies in the past month because I just haven't had time. Yeah, I am be, between the, these projects I've been working on, and, I, and I'm telling you, the busiest I've been probably in years is the past month. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, homeschooling uh, Chloe and. Yeah. Uh, it's been exhausting. It's been just exhausting, but you know, it's, it's been nice in some ways, uh, coming home and having a home cooked meal every single mm. night for the past six weeks is so rare. And I'm, I think it's, it's really nice to have the family time and, mm. And I, and I do love my family, so I guess you know it's it's easier for me. <laughs> Maybe some people don't want to be with the family as much, yeah. but but it's, it's been uh, it's been a real blessing in, in a lot of ways. And of course, yes, there are times where we all want to strangle each other, but um, you know we're going to look back at this time in our lives. And what's really interesting is this is something that the collective world is sharing in right now. Mm-hmm. We it is the one thing that, I, that is bonding this whole country in, in a lot of ways, even though we all have different political affiliations, religious affiliations, this is going to be something that we as an entire country are sharing in right now. And we're all suffering through this yeah. whole thing. And I, I hope that in some ways this is going to bring people together. Cause when, when this ends and I don't, 
think it's going to happen anytime as soon as people want it to. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> and it might, and it might be a whole new normal that we're in, mm-hmm. you know, it might not ever be the way it was, but we're going to appreciate, I think seeing our friends so much more or hanging out and, and doing the things that we can't do now. And there's an opportunity for, for this to bring people together um, when that time comes. So, um, you know, it's, I, I can be somewhat optimistic that this is the life is full of ebbs and flows, peaks mm-hmm. and valleys. And we're in, we're in a deep valley right now, but you know, this too shall pass as they say, and better times are coming. And, and I think it's going to make us stronger in the long run, all of us. And we're going to have a much bigger appreciation for the people in our lives and, and what we have. So I'm, I'm staying positive throughout this whole thing. And, and I hope that, uh, everyone else is finding a way of doing that in whatever they way they can. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm somebody who like, I'm, I'm currently furloughed from my job. So it's like, I don't have those, uh, those responsibilities. So yeah, I mean, I have basically been doing all of the binge watching and watching of movies and stuff like that. And I'm jealous. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I am, but in some ways I am. (laughs) I mean, I've also it's it's also one of those things where when this happened, when this really started and my my job closed, it was like, oh, okay, so I I'm going to take advantage of this and get a lot of stuff done. And I mean, a lot of it involved like trying to watch movies, trying to you know working on reviews, and you know very keeping very consistent and doing a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. And it's yeah. it's I've been sort of it's one of those things where. I look back on it five weeks in and it's like, I'm not quite, it hasn't been quite as blisteringly paced in that respect. as it probably as I expected it to necessarily be or, but I'm also understanding of the fact that it's like, that's perfectly fine. Cause I'm, Mm -hmm. I still am getting a lot of stuff done. It's just, you know, I don't need to get every, I don't need to get one or two things done every day or even every other day. It's like, I can give myself a little bit of time to relax because the, even before the whole pandemic started, like the first few months of this year were really stressful for me for a lot of personal reasons. And it was one of the, and so it's one of those things where it's like, now that I have the time to just, this is the first real time I've had to relax in a long time and it's like okay i can take it easy and it's like but i also have ideas for stuff that i want to do and podcasts i want to do and i'm glad to begin people on to talk that i haven't really had a chance to talk to and uh just getting to know them getting to know what they're doing and uh getting to uh understand them a little bit better as individuals and i do i'm i'm with you i definitely hope that when we do come out on this on the other side of this i do hope i it's i do hope and i do think it will not only give us a better appreciation of each other as individuals and and i i just hope it just brings the whole idea of community just all of us as a larger community together and just mm-hmm. giving us that ability to, you know, say, you know, this is this was something that wasn't just about me, wasn't just about, you know, the people in my life. It was about everybody. And, you know, that's that's one of the I, I do want that to uh, be something that we as a society take away from that as well. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's it was is great to finally talk to you i mean we've we've been we've been aware of one another and you know followed each other on social media for a few years now um but you know this is the first time we've really talked so it was really great to uh talk to you yeah same here yeah it's great to always put a a voice to a name (laughs) yeah exactly and uh i i will definitely um i'll definitely be on the uh, lookout to uh, check out uh, your your podcast that does sound interesting, as well as your uh, features that you've been uh, working on. 
If um, you you do, since I understand you do review movies, is that correct? That Brian? is correct. Um, if you are interested, I'd be happy to share if you want links to any screeners of these things in advance for any of these movies. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we if, can, uh, yeah, I, I would def cause I mean, I have been, you know, especially with the two features that you have been working on for a few years now. I mean, I have kind of followed along on social media, those, you know, those, those steps along the way mm -hmm. to making those realities. So yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be interested in watching those. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you some links to screeners and no pressure. If you get around <laughs> to taking a look at them, if you want to oh, yeah. write something, um, you know, good or bad, I don't mind. <laughs> I, I seriously, like uh, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I didn't get to tell the story about this, but I, I, I guess I have ego problems the, the point where I was uh, on YouTube um, and I, I, I make the mistake of occasionally Googling myself or my films to see if anything <laughs> new has popped up. And I was on, this is maybe two and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. And I, and I Googled my movie, uh, I Google all of them, but I found two video reviews of scary little fuckers and, and they were scathing reviews. And I, and I love skating reviews because like, it's just like, I, I read them and like, but first thing is like, well, first of all, does this person qualify to review a movie? Cause sometimes I don't think they made it out of the fourth grade and they're out there <laughs> writing reviews. So, but there, there is this one in particular, which what they did was they ripped my movie and then they did their own commentary track. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, wow. okay. <laughs> Not that the movie was, you know, it's on YouTube already. So it's not like, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Right. So like, I, what I love to do though, is write a comment on the review. And they have in like, they always get all worked up. Like when the filmmaker actually realizes <laughs> that they're following them and, and like, and they like, they, they backtrack. Oh, we're so sorry. We did this out of fun and all that. And, you know, and, and then they, and then they had to ask me, well, you know, we don't really get many filmmakers you know, replying to us, do you want to come on our show? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go into so I went <laughs> on their show. I went on the show and honestly, we had we had a great time. We talked for mm -hmm. two hours, kind of like what we're doing now. We just talked about film and and we got along great. And yeah, they didn't like my movie. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You you didn't love scary little fuckers either. And guess it's not for everybody. And that's totally cool. And <laughs> but I just fact that they were just so cool about it and open about it and i am never going to like put anybody down for not liking something i did right. i don't make movies for everybody mm -hmm. you know that's the whole that's you know so that's okay but uh I, you know i think it's just something good to bring up that you know it's it's you don't have to like be combative with with everybody and, and they weren't being mean to me they were just saying this movie wasn't didn't do this right they didn't right. like that and, and but they said something. I think they they made a comment which I thought was hysterical. That if you remember in the movie, the the opening scene there's it takes place in a like this general store where the owner is like is got these he's got herpes, so he's got he's covered in warts and stuff like that. But they made a comment saying that oh how did they get Mark Hamill in this movie? He looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at wow he really does look like Mark Hamill in this scene from like the the, uh, the Last Jedi where he has yeah. this beard and, and what. And I said you know next time I'll try to get Mark Hamill in the movie. So I made some snarky <laughs> comment and and, I get, and that just like spawned this long conversation. It was it was right. in the end it was. It was great. And I had, and I love talking to anybody, whether they like it or not. In fact, I love talking to people that hate my movies. It's, it makes it, it gives us something to talk about. Otherwise yeah. like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. You like that? It was great. You know? No, I want, I want people to like tell me what they hated about it. Because <laughs> uh, I, I just love it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Oh, no problem. No, no. And that's the, that's the thing. Like talking about, like it's in, in, on social media, especially Twitter, it's so difficult to really have genuine adult conversations where you disagree with somebody about movies. And uh, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I I know, you know, I, I will per be perfectly honest. It's like, yeah, there are some people where 
they've sent me their review their movie i did not like it and i don't know if it was necessarily a particular tone in my review or something that it about my review that rubbed it the wrong way i just never hear from him again even to say mm-hmm. oh thank you for getting a giving a chance to you know look at my review or thank you for giving me a chance to look at the film and i appreciate the feedback it was like i just never hear from him again yeah and, that'd be cool um, i i thank everybody because honestly and it's true if you're a filmmaker and you're just starting off or whoever you know but if someone's taking the time to review your movie even if they don't like it even if they it's a terrible review you know, I appreciate the fact that, assuming they watched the whole movie, yeah. that they did it. And I thank them. Because mm-hmm. honestly, in this stage of the game, all press is good press. Yeah. The more, if I, I'd rather have 100 bad reviews than five great reviews mm-hmm. on IMDb that I can link to. Because at least it looks like, wow, I got people to watch this. And that was yeah. my ultimate goal. Getting people to watch my movie and talk about it. And if it, and if people are reviewing it, they're it's in the they're it's in the back of the mind. They'll remember it. And in, you know, at this stage of the game, I'm not out there to make become a celebrity or make a million dollars. The fact that it just made the impact on people where they can review it is great. And right. I and that's all I need. Yeah. And and but one of the things was it's like sort of like with you where I had this one I had this one movie about 2014. I think they uh, sent it to me. I'm like, I, I flat out hate it. I thought it was a terrible movie. And it's like, I, I, I reviewed it. I was completely honest. It's like, here's what I don't like about it. Admittedly, there are a couple of things that are okay about it that I enjoyed about it. But it's like, and I'm like, I don't, because I had had all of these other instances where the filmmaker just didn't get back to me. So it's like, how do I approach this with them? Where it's like, okay, so I'm going to be perfectly honest. Here's, here's my review. Here's, well, I thought about it, and it, it ended up being one of those conversations, sort of like with you and the reviewer of uh, Scary Little Fuckers, where it's like you just end up having this really great conversation because it's like they understood, you know, by that point, they kind of understood that, like, their their review, their movie was not getting the best reviews, but it's like they still appreciated the time that it took to, you know, that you took to watch it and then just I think I felt like part of it was the approach that I took in saying look I'll be perfectly honest I didn't like this film it's like here's here's my review here's why I didn't like this film and we just ended up having a really good conversation I mean you know now granted there are a couple of films of yours that I have liked but it's like Scary Little Fuckers is a movie that I did not care for but it's like we're still having this conversation. It's like we've still followed each other over the years. And it's like it's it's great to be able to have that type of constructive dialogue about movies in in a way that, you know, it doesn't have to be now, yeah, as the filmmaker, yeah, of course it's I, I remember because I've 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 written music early. I've written music over the years. I've composed music mainly like electronic stuff and stuff like that. But I mean, I I remember, you know, when I started putting it online for people to listen to, it's like I would, you know, somebody was like, "Oh, I'll take take a listen to your piece if you post it." It's like, "Oh, here here you go." And like they the way they the way they approached it rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm like, I was very I was very, you know, my ego was kind of shot by it. And, you know, basically we, we had this back and forth and basically got to the point where it's like they, they did a bit more because they, they were more joking about it. It felt like they were more making fun of it than anything as opposed to actually reviewing it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I called them out on it, but it's like, we ended up, they ended up re doing another review where it's like, okay, so I'm not a fan of this, but here's, here, here's, and here's why. And it's like, it's one of those things where, especially because of, and I think so much of it is because of the fact that um, it's hard to really gauge tone online. 
and as opposed to yeah. individual conversation it's like that that's such a hard thing to do and so when you're able to when when you're able to have that conversation with somebody where it's like oh yeah here here's it you really show that there's somebody <clears throat> that you you're going to have even if you don't agree with somebody if even if you don't particularly like somebody's work that doesn't mean you have to be mean about it and that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that you know you you basically it's it's one of those things where it's hard to have that dialogue and it's it's good to have that be able to have that dialogue in a constructive manner mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely um, even, you know, it's funny if I, even if I got a bad review, I love sharing those on my <laughs> Facebook page. I, I, I will do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's, it's all press is good press. And again, yeah. it's always not being mean. It's not that being mean or clearly did not it, actually my, my, the only thing I won't really thank give a thank you to if somebody reviews the movie who does, who says they don't like it. And they just basically write out the plot of the movie. Then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Yeah. Uh, I've had that a couple times. You're like, this isn't a review. This is an IMDb synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, and like, and then they're like, but they actually will give it like a good review. I hated that. I, I don't know. <laughs> there is one, there's, there, there's a couple that I got where they, it's like an A minus a B plus review. And they said nothing about it except for summarize the plot. Hmm. And I was like, this is awful. And like, I actually, I don't think I even posted those. I'm like, that's not even entertaining, you know, yeah. like at least make a review, like something that people want to read. Right. You know, they, every review should be done that way because what's the point if you're not making a review for, to get eyeballs. Cause that's what everyone, every reviewer wants to oh, yeah. read their material. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> but no, it was good to, uh, <sighs> good to, good to talk to you. And after so long and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun talking to you and now, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely talk more and, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to, uh, check out your features whenever you, uh, can get a chance to, uh, send, send some links over. I definitely get a chance. I definitely would want to take a chance to watch them and, uh, write about them. So awesome. I will do so. Well, yeah, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. And I'll, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, and I'll, uh, Great to be here. I'll yeah, and I'll keep you posted when uh, this gets posted online. So, yeah, awesome, perfect. All right, I'd like to thank Nathan for joining me today on the podcast, and uh, it it was fun to have a discussion with him, especially when it comes to uh, his his films, but just. Uh, discussing film in general, uh, I think that's something that's kind of difficult to do, especially when it's just uh, behind a keyboard. I think sometimes it's it it's important to be able to uh, have that uh, interaction, verbal interaction. That and uh, that's one of the things I like doing about the podcast, even if I disagree with somebody on a film i i think having that conversation is more important than anything uh thank you very much for joining me on the sonic cinema podcast and i uh, thank you for continuing to support sonic-cinema.com whether it's just uh, checking out reviews checking out the podcast subscribing to the podcast and uh or joining the uh patreon thank you very much and i will uh Talk to you again.